Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. So Kate is going to come on in just a second here, ladies and gentlemen, and definitely stay tuned. This woman is like a 10Xer evolving people, expanding consciousness and awakening the earth and doing it with some pretty uh, interesting and uh, epic, and I would say uh, evolutionary, so to speak, uh, stuff with with medicines and different things like that. It's going to be a blast. Definitely stay tuned. If you want to know more about retreats, if you want to know expanding your human potential, Stay tuned, and I'm talking to you because you are becoming your greatest possible self. Thank you for being here. I acknowledge you, I see you, I witness you, I honor you being you, being on the journey, becoming the highest self that you can be, your greatest possible self. So I have so much love for you. Thank you for being here. However, I can support you in continuing to grow and evolve. Let's figure it out. Let's discover, let's play, let's have fun. If it's coming on the marathon as a guest, we'd love to explore that. If it's launching your own podcast, if it's taking the next step with someone like Kate, who's coming on right now about to rock your world, do that. If it's coming to our Bali Flow and Fire Retreat in November, do that. Like Whatever is in alignment with you, whatever calls your soul forward, dive in, okay? I'm going to talk about the iTunes review of the week next, and it's by Jen Hudgens. Jen says, love this podcast. This podcast is so motivating. I love the caliber of guests and the energy that Chris brings to the show each and every time. Jen, thank you so much. I super, super appreciate you for tuning in and sharing your experience, your journey, and uh, what you feel about our show. Thank you, thank you. And if you want a chance to get shouted out, on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on Apple Podcast Store and you can give us a review there. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, I just know I love you. I'm going to introduce Kate in just a sec. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This is going to be an epic freaking conversation. Stay till the end because I have a feeling we are going to go deep. Kate was introduced to the teachings of Osho and his work at a very young age through her beloved uncle, who was a disciple of his in India and the USA. Kate's childhood subjected to psychological and emotional abuse led her on a detour into a world of drugs, homelessness, mental illness, and mindless partying. Knowing and overcoming her own darkness has allowed her to pass on the skills she learned from masters, gurus, yogis, monks, and teachers from all over the world. And after finding herself running businesses for her whole life in 2017, she combined her love for deep spiritual work, visionary medicines, and business, and she founded Ancient Awakening with no capital. And in 2019, it became a seven figure business. Over a one-year period from 2018 to 2019, the total revenue of the company grew 800%. Kate now guides other conscious leaders to dive within themselves through her plant medicine retreats and birth conscious businesses into the world through her conscious business and money programs. And we're blessed to have Kate with us here today. Kate, are you ready to rock the house, Super One? I love it. I love your mandala behind you. I think I think that's what it is. I, I, yes, I, it is. Yes. <laughs> I just I love sacred geometry. I'm sure you've you found a lot of uh you know synchronicities and signs and wisdom in in sacred geometry as you've you know gotten into the psychedelic fractal uh world in these different dimensions that are constantly you know having fun with us we get to play and it's i'm, I'm sure it's it's a lot more significant for you than i can even understand but i, I get a fraction of it so it's, it's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Your energy is amazing. It's going to be fun. I love it. I love it. Let's dive right in. The theme today is transformational travel, Kate. So we want to hear what that means to you. Oh, I love that. Mm. Mm. Transformational travel. Well, 
I feel like transformational travel is an opportunity we have to travel mindfully and consciously. So choosing things that allow us to expand and to reconnect to ourselves through traveling the world. So being in touch with different cultures, different experiences, different people. Um, I think it's really the way that you should travel. And I'm noticing different businesses pop up now. Have you seen like there's a conscious travel company? There's like goddess tours. I'm like, yes, that's what travel should be. For me, that's what transformational travel is. I love it. I love it. It's like, hey, what is the value that I want to be fulfilled through this yeah. travel experience? Why, why am I traveling? Well, to reconnect with my soul, to have adventure, to you know, discover romance, whatever it is, right? Whatever <laughs> people's things are, they can go fulfill that value. And we're in this, this world of choice, right? Conscious choice, creating our reality where we have so many options. It is so freaking beautiful. And speaking of options, we don't have to stay stuck in a uh, kind of old school business where we have to work really hard, suffer, be miserable, and finally one day be free after like 40 years of working. No, we can create that dream business now and you're helping people uh, to do that, to discover themselves and do all kinds of amazing things. Uh, can you share a little bit more about your business today and what you're helping your clients with? Yeah, of course. So essentially what I do is I help people reconnect to themselves before they were told who they were. So, yeah, <laughs> because that part of ourselves that were before the conditioning got layered on and the conditioning is always conditioning of limitation because yeah. that's the way our world is format, formatted. It's formatted partially around who we are. We're human, yes, but that's only one part of who we are and that's a part that we believe is limited. So I take people back to a place where they actually touch viscerally and remember who they are so they can come back into the world bring that wisdom and knowledge and build businesses and create conscious currency to start to heal the world and then to help other people remember who they are as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so juicy. I love it. I love it. We are all about that here. Greatest possible self. We want to be fulfilled, right? We want to be fulfilled in our work. We want to serve other people. We want to impact them, leave a legacy. And of course, we deserve to get paid well for the work that we do. We deserve to you know, have the, the abundance circulate to us, through us, into our lives because of the good that we're doing. We're constantly, I see so many people, I'm sure you see the same, constantly serving, constantly adding value, constantly wanting to, to go save people. And maybe that may or may not be the healthiest place to come from, but we, we have good intentions to go save and support people. And like we can do it in a way that we get to thrive and prosper. And you have totally created that reality for yourself, Kate, which is freaking rad so kudos you're thank you <laughs> thank you i think when we remember who we are we remember there's no limitation so mm. abundance and like, like limitlessness is a part of what we are at the core so why would we try and come up compartmentalize things into oh i can't have too much of that or there's not enough of that like that that's not our truth so of oh. course we get to thrive like yeah. of course like it's just a no-brainer for me Oh my gosh, we're diving, we're diving in. Kate, this is beautiful. Let's go back into your journey. That's a huge part of your yeah. awakening and your evolution. So tell us where it all really began for you, um, where you started. I guess you, you picked up some beliefs that probably, uh, you know, you said you were a certain thing that you believed. Tell us about like what you believed that was untrue. Yeah, for sure. I had an interesting childhood because on one hand, I had this, you are limitless and you can do anything you want. On the other hand, I got, you're hopeless, you're fat, mm -hmm. you're a failure, you're crap. Um, and, you know, you one of the, the beliefs that I picked up that I got from my dad, and I hold no, like, resentment towards my dad, so I just want to context that because I love him deeply and I'm grateful for this opportunity he gave me. But one of the beliefs that I picked up from him was that I'm hopeless. He, he was, it's an Australian saying. He's like, you're useless as tits on a bull. <laughs> <laughs> so my whole life, that was running through my head. Yeah. Like, you're useless. Mm. You're useless. And um, that definitely didn't, it didn't bode well. And that took me into a journey of some pretty, into some pretty dark places. And I built up a reality where I was useless, where everything that I did do failed. And that just shows the power of beliefs, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, 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 we don't have a choice, really, when we're growing up. Like, we are sponges, you know? 
yeah. the challenge the challenge is like once we become aware of of like personal development and growth then we have the responsibility of saying okay now i'm going to you know create my way out of this because i i found out i have some baggage that you know some people around me have burdened me with or you know put into my life spoke into me and i've like adopted as a truth and uh, it's it's interesting how our conscious evolution happens, and you know the parents that we choose and that kind of stuff. It's it's yeah. fascinating, right? Um, so you went through that process, and mm -hmm. you had some healing to do. So when did the healing really begin for you? Yeah, the healing really began. I would say when my my dad actually passed away. So when my dad passed away, um, and I was fortunate enough to be there when he took his last breath so I got to hold his hand which was really beautiful we actually spent three years before him passing away really mending our relationship because he got a diagnosis that he had bowel cancer and you know like the, the lifetime expiry when you get diagnosed is about five years yeah. and so three years in he passed and that was the most healing thing in the world for me because I was completely faced with my own mortality like it was like well, I'd been doing all these really dangerous theory things I'd had a, had an addiction to meth I lived on the streets for a while in Auckland like I was wrapped up in all these stories that I was psychotic that I had anxiety that I had depression but being faced with my own like mortality was like whoa whoa like I'm not getting out of here alive and if I continue on this path I will be hitting this spot that my dad's in right now a lot sooner than I actually want and that was a that was the turning point for me. That was the the pivotal moment where I went, "Whoa, I get to choose, and I'm not choosing this anymore." That's powerful. So you were doing businesses, right? Like you mm -hmm. you've been in business for a while. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us where business came into your life and how it evolved. Yeah, I think I've always been this way. Like I remember when I was a kid, my mum would be like, "Here's twenty dollars. Go and buy your dad a present." So I would go and buy my dad a present and it would be like $12. I'd try and get something that was as valuable and as good but for as little as possible so then I could save the rest of the money and yeah. use it to like create more money. I don't <laughs> even know where that came from. I just distinctly remember that as a kid. And um, through my life, like I would, I would, you know, look around my house or in my room. I would, you know, get all my old books. I'd take them and I'd cash them in. Yeah. Or I would like anything that I had, I would learn about exchanging. So I'd always never was interested in exchanging time for money. That always mm -hmm. bored me. Um, I was always looking at how can I leverage what I have to create more. That's just yeah. always been my mindset. <laughs> and I started my first business. I started teaching dancing, mm -hmm. um, which was really interesting in my 20s. Mm -hmm. And then I went into a health and fitness business, um, which was amazing because it failed completely. They both kind of failed, which was great because I got some really powerful lessons. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I kind of did the coaching thing for a long time but I never really did it full time I always had side businesses mm. and then when my fitness business failed I was like well maybe it's time now I do this spiritual coaching thing like I've got nothing else I've got nothing to lose and from that I dived in and then ancient awakening kind of happened wow wow so that was you said I think I read two years ago like around just yeah. two years ago that that that, that got birth so what was the catalyst for like coaching uh as like you felt like hey this is this is who i am this is who kate is coaching is my path like how did you how did you get that calling why why supporting other people why coaching them yeah so i feel like because i've deeply suffered i'm mm -hmm. i do have compassion for people that are suffering and I remember as a kid, like this has always been with me as well. These things, I just feel like they were, I was born with them. I don't even know where they've really actually come from. Mm. Um, I remember as a child, like watching movies, like there was a movie about Steve Bilko and the apartheid in South Africa. And I wrote like mm. 20 essays about like, I was eight years old about the conditions of humanity and why, why are people suffering and how is this wow. possible? I don't understand. Mm. And, um, and then with my uncle and the teachings from Osho, I just, I literally was, the whole, I made a commitment to myself at eight and I was just like, you know what, I am going to solve the world's suffering at eight years old thinking that, you know, that's all I had to do. But then I created so much of my own suffering that I, there was a point where I went, oh, I probably need to do that first. Yeah. And so when I got to a point where I felt like my suffering was still, it was still there. Of course it still is. I'm human. I'm, I'm going to suffer on some level um, until which point I become enlightened, which I, who knows if that will ever happen. But <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, 
<laughs> I, I just said, okay, cool. I feel like my suffering is sort of under wraps at the moment. I feel quite embodied. I'm going to start teaching others and hopefully give them some of the freedom and the tools that have allowed me to get to the point that I'm in. And to be honest, like I didn't think it was possible because I was like, you can't earn a living from this. Like this is ridiculous. Like who's going to pay you? How are you? This is not a real job. You're not going to an office. You're not all the things that society had told me. That's kind of why I think I was super resistant. Um, so I tried to create businesses that were more societally accepted. Uh, and coaching wasn't. I love this. I love this because there's um, like kind of some soft skills in this. There's higher spiritual purpose, soul work, right? Which yeah. sometimes doesn't have any tangible, measurable outcomes, yeah. which you yeah. know can, can attract a lot of people. How did you get over that hurdle and like just trust that your coaching was valuable, or what? What did you have to see or recognize or own for that? Yeah. There were two things that happened which were really, really significant. One was I sat with a medicine called the God Molecule or in scientific terms, pharmacological terms, it's called 5-MeO-DMT okay. and it is harvested. doesn't hurt the toad, by the way. just want to context it with that. It's harvested from a gland on a toad in the Sonoran Desert mm. and you smoke. It's what was really funny. I have to actually speak into this because I found it so hilarious is you actually smoke it through a crack pipe. Now, I had a meth addiction, which I also used to smoke through a crack pipe. Some memories <laughs> of that. <laughs> I'm sitting in this beautiful ceremony on this mountain, and they're like, okay, who's going to go first? I'm like, me. And then they bring out, and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting pipe. Are we really going to be using that? This is bringing back a lot of memories. <laughs> But isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it interesting full circle, right? Like full, oh. you, you <laughs> went and journeyed through life and now you're at like the same point, but you have a higher level of consciousness and vibration yes. about you. So it's a different, com completely different experience. Totally different experience. It was nothing like that. It wow. was such a trip, yeah. like metaphorically. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what I got from that is um, it's called the God molecule because in a sense it's described as returning to God. You know, mm. so returning home, returning to, it's very difficult to put into words, but what I got from it tangibly was that I'm the creator of my reality and that's a cosmic joke of it all. Like mm. I remember coming out of the journey and apparently I was rolling around laughing going, it's the Holy Grail because I just watched the Da Vinci Code yeah. and I, I thought that was really hilarious how like, you know, the church and everything wanted to keep the Holy Grail away because if we knew how it would change our whole society and culture and everything, it would be you know, all the structures they wanted to control us with would be yeah. completely destroyed. And so I'm rolling around the, this, this paddock through cow poo going, it's the Holy Grail. Mm. Um, and so that was, that was huge. And then about a month after that, this would have been about three and a half years ago, nearly four years ago, I did the bridge method with Alexi Panos mm. and Preston Smiles. Yeah. And I did their extreme component of that. And that combined with the toad, really was the things that, that made me go, I get to choose this. Like I actually am the creator and I know that intellectually the toad actually allowed me to experience it. Now I get to live it. And so I just started building up that, that reality that I wanted. And I kept using psychedelics in different flow states, not just psychedelics, um, meditation, fasting, long hours of meditation, like 10 hours a day over seven to 10 day periods and yoga as well. So yeah <laughs> it's hard hardcore i did a, a 10 day silent meditation retreat last year and it was like so so powerful and just like to to get present to who i am what i'm capable of i know that's a, a big thing for you is like this 10x mindset we talked about it on our, our pre-interview call like what's what's really possible um as human beings i want to get into flow states in a second yeah. but before yes. that like yes. this, this 10x aspect like tell us about how you how you discovered that why it resonates with you and how you apply it yeah it's so funny because it's so opposite in on the surface level it seems so opposite to like spiritual teachings and ideologies right mm. But actually at the core, it's all the same thing. So, and I, it, I got introduced to the idea of 10X because when my fitness business was failing about six years ago, I read a book by a gentleman called Grant Cardone, who now is my coach, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's called the 10X. Um, and it changed the game for me. It didn't save my fitness business because at the time I didn't know how to hold money. So we started creating lots of money, but it was going just as quickly mm -hmm. as, it, as it came in. 
But then when I rebuilt myself, I used all those principles. And I didn't even realize it, to be honest, until about six months ago, I went and did one of his boot camp trainings and he was going through all the principles from the book. And I was like, hang on a minute. These are exactly the principles I teach people and exactly the principles I've actually used to build Ancient Awakening and why we had such rapid growth. I'm like, ah, listening to that book on audio 20 times while my world was falling apart obviously did imprint itself in my subconscious life. Wow. fascinating wow isn't it um, isn't it isn't it fascinating how like sometimes you just got to plant the seeds and you might yeah. not see like of the information blossoming and producing the fruit but like yeah. simply consistently doing it is like really it's going to work on our subconscious yeah. mind yes 100 percent. like that was total evidence for me i was like oh yes amazing yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason see i believe we're limitless and any yeah man anything that is the counter is a story because our life is, is, is controlled and built around a narrative we tell ourselves. So if we want to shift our life, we have to change the narrative. And so for me, that's why I love 10X, because it allows me to stay uncomfortable. When I'm uncomfortable, I'm forming new narratives based on evidence and results of the things that I'm yielding tangibly in my reality. That helps me create new belief systems and make massive quantum leaps really quickly. <laughs> this is hardcore. We're gonna we're gonna dive into it even more. Uh, I want to tap into flow states. Let's let's talk yeah. about what is a flow state and how does someone achieve them? Why is it important to to seek and create these flow states in our life? Yeah, such a good question. I'm gonna speak into it from my own experience because sure. I feel like what I always am mindful of is that I'm not a scientist and I'm not, I'm not a doctor. So I'm like, oh, I always want to be careful when I talk about this. This is my experience from the research that I've done over many, many years. Is a flow state, state is a direct access point to the place beyond who we were before they told us we were somebody. So it's access, you can call it God, you can call it source, you can call it your higher self. It doesn't really matter. There's a million different terms we can give it. But it's a place beyond cognition. It's a place beyond identity, restriction, and limitedness. It's a place where we have the access to the wisdom of all things. And for centuries, different cultures and tribes have been using different modalities to help them access the wisdom from the flow state. Mm. It allows us to shift and alter our state of consciousness. Sometimes that, or actually most often, it gives us some form of ecstasy or some sort of extra human superpowers where we're in this state of like, you know, we don't feel pain. Um, we, we feel that we disappear. There's like a psychedelic experience. There's all sorts of different things that can happen in this state. But the ultimate takeaway is that we get access into stuff that we don't get in our normal state, in our normal way of being. Wow. Wow. So it's like it's tapping into the limitlessness, right? Yeah. And so whatever the mechanism is could be psychedelics could be meditation could be other things uh it's like yeah. reconnecting with that infiniteness and yes. and disconnecting from the narrative disconnecting to i am my body i am my thoughts i am my identity that whatever we've constructed and reconnecting right. with the infinite yes exactly going beyond the constructs wow. absolutely and it taps us into the so we're only conditioned to see such a small part based on the way our eyes only see light fractals so it actually allows us, even though we're not seeing through our eyes, it allows us to get the full spectrum of actually what's there. Mm. And that's really cool. So I say, I always joke and say, it's because we, we start to see through the third eye instead of these eyes, like in yes. a way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to someone who's on this journey of becoming limitless. Where do they start? Is it, is it around the narrative? Is it around meditation, habits? Like how do they start to, to access these flow states and limitlessness? Good question. For me, I would always start with finding a way of achieving a flow state that resonates with you because we're all different. Mm -hmm. Psychedelics is not going to resonate with everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, meditation is not going to resonate with everybody, but maybe breath work's their thing. Maybe biodynamic breath work is how they get into flow state. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe yoga or maybe walking meditation or zazen meditation. So find something that resonates with you and practice. Mm -hmm. If you practice accessing flow states every single day, what you will get is this ability to observe eventually, uh, depending on like your your own brain waves, but I can get into that later. Yes. You will begin to you will begin to actually see your life and your narrative that you're living from a third person perspective. 
It gives us insight. So it's, we go from playing the character to observing the character. Mm. And when we're in that state of observation, we start to get to choose how we show up and then we start to challenge the beliefs that are running our life and we start to get to choose different ones. Wow. So let's talk about brain waves and how do we how do we monitor that and know which brain waves we can start to de-identify with yeah, so, yeah, us. yes, yeah, it's such a good question. Do you know Dr. Joe Dispenza? Yes. Yeah, he's the bomb at this. I w- if anyone's interested in brainwaves, I would 100% suggest you go and look up Dr. Joe Dispenza because he knows a gazillion times mm-hmm. more than me. So for me, I actually relate my brainwaves to how I'm feeling and how I'm seeing. <clears throat> so your beta brainwaves are the ones that are going to get us in that egoic kind of identification with limit like with the limited part of ourselves the anger the react so there's two ways we can live we can live through reaction to our conditioning which is where we're on autopilot or we're kind of like a little bit stuck triggered reactive um charged yeah. we've got both that's all associated with your beta brain waves so you're in a limited way of being and behaving as we elevate and we start to shift out we move from a reaction place to a choice place so by practicing getting into flow state, which elevates us to the alpha, the beta brain waves, we actually are able to condition ourselves to stay in that state as we begin to move through our life. Mm. If we can condition ourselves to stay in that state as we move through our life, we shift from a place of reaction to choice. When we're in choice, that's when, as I said before, we start to be able to choose how we show up rather than reacting. So for, say, for example, you're in an argument with your partner mm-hmm. and they say something that normally would have triggered an old wound and you would have just gone, rah. Well, by practicing flow state and shifting and elevating the frequency that we hold cellularly in our brain waves, if we practice this every morning before we actually go about into our day, our partner can say that thing, but because we're in a different position, we're in an elevated frequency and in a different brain wave, frequency we're actually able to let that come look at it observe it and then choose to not react but if we're in the lower frequency and if we're in beta brain waves we're just going to instantly react because we're living through reactions of our conditioning rather through omnipresent choice and so the the, the (laughs) beta yeah so the beta is fight or flight or freeze that kind of animalistic reptilian yeah yeah reptilian brainwave and then the alpha is like alpha and theta that's the higher level um of access and then i think beyond that is like gamma uh or delta gamma sleeping i'm pretty sure gamma is sleeping yeah yeah Um, so there's there's a bunch of different ones i'm curious um because like while you're talking about this i'm like wouldn't it be valuable to just be constantly present to what brainwave that we are in like having yeah. some kind of like monitoring device to like like beep and say hey you're out of freaking alpha get back <laughs> you know? yeah totally i think that would be amazing yeah. that's something well dr joe i know at his um retreats he does put people up onto machines and he will yeah. measure their brainwave frequencies while they're doing his meditations yeah. and uh, it's super interesting and there's a gentleman called sad guru do you know sad guru mm, yep Yep. Yeah, he's so cool. Have you heard his little story about how this um, scientific research team invited him, him in and they like hooked all these things up to him while he was meditating? No, I didn't hear it. Oh, it's so funny because <laughs> they were measuring his brain waves, which is super interesting. And so he was in meditation and he, he wasn't sure how long he was there, but all of a sudden he became aware of people like hitting his knee with like one of those hammers, you know, yeah. to check it. And um, they're hitting it. And he's like, okay, cool. Maybe they're just, you know, testing my body. I'll stay, you know, in meditation. And then they're hitting the other one. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll just let them go. Like they're obviously just testing how my body's reacting. And the next thing they start shaking him. And he opens his eyes and he's like, what? And they're like, your brainwaves are showing us that you were dead. What? <laughs> so, yeah. What? Yeah, I know. Wow. And he's, you can YouTube it if you're interested in looking, if anyone's watching and they want to. Yeah, YouTube um, Sad Guru Meditation Brainwaves Dead or something like that and wow. you'll be able to find it. He's so funny telling it as well because he's such a cheeky character. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. So I think that, you know, I mean, Shaolin monks have been mm-hmm. onto this for centuries. Yogis have been, they've been playing around with using different physical postures, like different asanas, different pranayama yeah. for centuries to shift different states so they can access higher planes of consciousness and more wisdom. Like it's, 
it's not not new, but what is new is that we're now able to back it up with science, um, which is why we're going into a research component of what we're doing. So you know, my knowledge is so lim- my knowledge is from the psycho spiritual space because that's what I've practiced my whole life. Is I've practiced meditation, I've practiced different endurance sports, I've practiced things where I can get myself into those states, but I've never ever even thought about bringing that into science until Dr. Joe and Dr. Lipton appeared in my realm. I'm like, ah, interesting. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so we're talking about Joe Dispenza. We're talking about brainwave states, connecting mm-hmm. back to flow, right, being in flow. Uh, tell us how you combine this with, like, creating a conscious business. How does how does it all come together? It's, the, like, it just makes so much sense. Like, I believe it's the new era of business. And I, I gave a talk about this the other night. and. You know, like when we're in a flow state, we're in this visceral knowing that you are me and I am you. Mm. So if we can run our business from this place of connectivity and oneness. The intention behind our actions and the frequency behind what we do is going to be that of which will create unity, acceptance, peace and love rather than lack, scarcity, dominance, um, power. Power is not necessarily a bad thing. But it's coming, not coming from a place of lower dense frequencies where we're scamping and scrubbing and like it's that icky kind of businesses that are only running on profit and they don't care if they die, their, their workers are dying on the floor where they're building their iPhones. Like it's, it's shifting out of that way of doing business and bringing it in so business becomes a vehicle for conscious change that can actually change the world. That is why flow state is so important in business and why I believe it's the new era of business. We have to go this way. So what I'm hearing is when a business, which is composed of people, right? Mm -hmm. Like systems and people, you can't have like just systems that constantly run because like businesses don't spontaneously generate. We don't have AI that's creating businesses yet as far as I'm aware. Um, But like there's people running it. And so if there's people running it and those people are running in beta beta brainwaves, then they're running out of reaction. They're running out of fight, flight or freeze. They're not uh, operating in oneness, unity and love. And Mm -hmm. so to be a conscious business like not only the leadership, but also the people in the organization get to operate from that alpha and theta brainwaves, or at least be familiar with it, be be resonating with it at, at some level uh, to be able to to make the impact and make this world a better place, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what you're hearing. Mm. And I mean, then it leads on to, you know, we get to choose where we put our profit. Mm. You know, we start to look at ways of making contribution and, you know, because not that there's anything wrong with being super rich because my my goal is absolutely to be a billionaire and not to have the money because, I, I like, I absolutely, why would we not want to be? I'm here to play the game and to play the game, not the game to play me. There's a difference. Mm. So I work with entrepreneurs that want to play the game but not be consumed by it because it's wow. just a game. Yes. It's when we flip into that where it becomes all-consuming and we start to get reactive and we start to get back into the reptilian brain, that's where we're in trouble. I want to play it from this almost like I'm the puppet master. Good song by Metallica, by the way. I'm a bit disappointed <laughs> they cancelled their tour. But anyway, so it's <laughs> – sorry, this is how my brain works. It's like a million miles an hour. I love it. Um, <laughs> so we, we can start to actually contribute to the world so i want to be a billionaire because i want to start buying up pockets of the amazon and giving it back to the indigenous tribes and gifting oh. it to them yeah mm. this is your land this is not this is not ours we have no right mm. your government has no right to sell it to these people so they can come in and put agriculture on there this is your land i want to give this back to you mm. like imagine like i know douglas Tompkins, who owned north face and he's one of my idols he's passed on now but that was one of the he did a lot of like land um conservation by buying up pockets of land and doing that in the world but we need more billionaires doing that we need more millionaires doing that (laughs) so if these billionaires and millionaires are accessing flow state and are able to really tap into the oneness of all things we can start to actually help each other we can start to help those who don't have access to that and it becomes a vehicle for change not a vehicle to just get grubby greedy profits Mm -hmm. so it's like really I love how you said it's what what's the game and is the game playing us or are we playing the game? Are we, you know, choosing to create our own narrative, 
choosing to create with love, to serve people, to live in a world that's out to help us, that a world yeah. that's out to, you know, empower us and, and help us succeed and achieve our greatest yeah. visions, or are we, is it us against the world, you know, and, yeah, and everyone's exactly. trying to get what we have. No, like we create the rules, whatever we believe is true is what we reflect into our reality and manifest. Um, exactly. I love this. I know retreats are also a part of your um, business model and what you're providing for people. So let's talk about that and how retreats and especially psychedelic experiences uh, have really made an impact on your business model. Yeah, definitely. Retreats are like life on steroids. That's why I like them because people can't run away as well. Like, well, they can. Obviously, I'm not going <laughs> to run but it, it like gives you like we just had a mastermind in Bali for um, a business program that I run and like it was incredible the breakthroughs of people who were struggling for the whole 11 weeks leading up and I just knew if I could just get them at that mastermind like because they wouldn't be able to run away from me their stories wouldn't be able to come in because the minute they could come in I could call them on it and just get them to keep taking action and the shifts that they made in just three days is absolutely extraordinary. So the and then additional to that is when we're at retreats or masterminds, there's that energetic container, that almost vortex of frequency that is happening on the land, that the land is supporting. You've got to be really mindful where you run your retreats, ensuring that the land is going to hold you, that there's permission from the ancestors to be there and the local tribes. It's all very important as well. But from that, the vortex that's created for healing and elevation is crazy it's so powerful it's the fastest way i believe to evolve and accelerate is to go to a retreat <laughs> wow. so you you said getting the permission of the ancestors in the land how would someone practically do that because i'm going to bali <laughs> and I, yeah. retreat. <laughs> I want to make amazing. sure i have divine grace in my favor <laughs> amazing well in bali the were you renting a house with staff uh, villa yeah villa villa yep Ask this right ahead and ask if you can do um, a, a ceremony where they, they do a giving ceremony where you can give an offering to the ancestors in the land to get gain permission. So they'll be absolutely be able to help you with that. It's really quite um, a common thing that's done in Bali. Yeah. And the Balinese people are the most beautiful people in the world. I love them so much. They're amazing. That's so freaking beautiful. I love it. I love it. This, this is awesome. <laughs> okay, so um, you mentioned about the 11 weeks before, right? Mm -hmm. Like before the, the mastermind that you had. And, and um, do you combine the retreat experience, the mastermind experience, destination travel with a coaching program? If so, why? How? Tell us more about that. Yeah, so I do. And okay. the, the, the plant medicine retreats have been standalone with four weeks of support afterwards. But the four weeks of support is more like us just reminding you of the tools because when people leave the retreats, the familiar environment they go back into is the environment that will remind them of who they thought they were. Used to be, yep. <laughs> Used to be. So we, we do that. But this new model that I tried, we did 11 weeks leading up to, and it was a business accountability program. So they, mm -hmm. they chose one thing. We'll call it a lead domino. The one thing that was going to help them create a massive amount of income so they could build out the rest of their business. And so it was different from person to person. I think one, two, actually two people made 130K in 11 weeks. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. It was absolutely insane. So the reason we do that is because there's work and preparation to do beforehand, just like when you're growing crops or you're building a house. Like we need to lay a strong foundation. And because when I work with people, I do offer money-back guarantees and that make outlandish promises because I find I work better under pressure. So I just create <laughs> that container for myself. <laughs> so, so I want to lay the groundwork. I want to have the foundation and I want to get to know them because the more intimately I know them, the more I can see their narratives that they have running and the more I can start to help them move out of that. So that's why I combine the two. Then the actual mastermind or the retreat is a way we'll, I've got all the information, we've laid the foundation, and boom, we just get to like launch. So um, I, I want to get more clarity on the psychedelics. Is that the same thing as the mastermind, as that three-day um, retreat, or is there something before that? 
Um, so during the three-day retreat for my business things, we sometimes we use the use of flow states, but it okay. varies from mastermind to mastermind. So sometimes it might be psychedelics if we're in a country where it's legal. Yep. Um, but other times it might be breathwork, pranayama, yoga, meditation, fasting. Um, we, will, we will shift and move dependent on the country we're in and the group that we have, but we always include flow states with our business work. Mm. We even include it um, throughout through the accountability beforehand we start yeah. to we start to work with you know quantum meditations like getting themselves into like the quantum field like all of that stuff is weaved through as well which is cool um and then the psychedelic retreats ancient awakening that's all psychedelics that's eight yeah. days of psychedelics and four ceremonies wow okay so that's so that's so there's always flow states in the um i think it's like 11 week program and then the mm-hmm. three day mastermind is that like yeah. the the structure that you apply that's like a kind of rinse and repeat kind of structure. And then you also have the eight day um, more psychedelics, ancient awakening structure. Yes. Yes, correct. And I have 12 month memberships as well, which is a 12 month immersion into, into the game. Basically it's called proximity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're playing the game. Where where is Where did proximity come from? Where did that name come from? Because the entire program is built around leveraging access and proximity to some of the greatest minds in business and marketing and branding. So I'm the bridge between the conscious community that perhaps wouldn't be able to afford to spend, you know, a half a million dollars or a quarter of a million dollars on gaining access to these people, but I can I can be the bridge so I can get them access through networking. Um, and then we combine that with using flow states, with business strategy, and then we leverage the proximity and the networking and the collaborations over a 12-month period so they can quantum leap just exactly the same way I have. That's mm. how I'm quantum leap, just like that. So we build a new narrative and we work within the rules of the system and we work outside of the system. That's, that's an interesting distinction within the rules of the system and outside of the system. How do you, how do, you do both? Well, one of the things I learned from Zen from zen literature and zen study was that the acceptance of all things is equal to enlightenment if we're in resistance to the what is and i.e the reality in the current system we're suffering and if we're in resistance we're only going to create more pockets of resistance in our reality because we create what we are not what we want so we still work within the system because that's our current paradigm until it changes then we will pivot and change with it right now we pay money for things and we get services and we eat food and there's a governmental system and all these things are the reality of this existence. So for now. We still work for <laughs> now, exactly. And when it shifts, we shift. <laughs> Man, so good. How does someone identify their narrative and begin to create a new one? Because I, I think, you know, there's, there's times where it would be so easy just to say, you know, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. But I know that there's there might be some subconscious stuff that gets in the way of doing that. Uh, how do we how do we dance with that? The best way to see your narrative is to look at your reality. Mm. Look at your bank account. Look at your relationships. Look at your attitude to every day. That will give you a huge tip onto exactly where your narrative is. Um, it's really cool. Somebody I read in the book uh, Stealing Fire. It said. Show me your calendar and your calendar and your bank account, and I'll show you like your the state of who you are. Mm. Mm. So where you put your time and your money is a direct reflection of your narrative. Okay, so to shift that, we get to reprioritize our time and our money and where we're, where we're investing that. Um, it's easy to say, might not be so easy to do. Um, <laughs> so true. <laughs> so like. Being around awesome people like yourself is probably a, a you know recommendation. Learning from you, I'm sure you're sharing tons of content around you know evolving, getting into these flow states, becoming our our greatest possible selves through your you know platform and and style. Uh, is there anything else you'd recommend around being able to shift that narrative? Totally. So definitely, like you said, like the top five people you spend your most time with, you become. Mm. So really be mindful of who you're spending your time with. And I love like Grant always says, you know, if people in your life are telling you you're being unreasonable and you should minimize your goals, they're not your friends. Get new friends. Mm. So <laughs> I was like, yes, that is very true. I like mm. it. So the people in the networks you move in is huge. And then, 
your small habits, like your small habits, what you do when nobody is watching, start there because that, that's essentially what's creating your reality. You know, how do you start your day? Are you starting with accessing a flow state? Are you writing your goals down? Are you, t- are you focusing on small actionable steps? Perhaps try applying Pareto's law. That's something I work with clients on all the time is that, you know, get really clear on the 20% of the things that you do that create the 80% of the results in your life. Yeah. So flow states, Pareto's law, proximity or networking, like who's in your network and start there. And I feel like that's a really good formula to actually start making change. And then knowing that change is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. If you feel uncomfortable, excellent. It means you're making change yep. because if you felt comfortable, you wouldn't be making change. You would just be repeating the same pattern. So embrace the discomfort rather than running away from it. That was huge for me, massive. When I learned that if I was stressed, if I, what I do when I'm stressed actually, which is a really cool thing and Grant gave this to me, is I'll write down my goals. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed, I'll get out a notepad and pen and I'll write down my goals because it just brings me back into focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So um, how many goals do you write down? Because I think like does Grant recommend like 10, your top 10 goals or what? what is the amount of goals and what time frame? I'm sure it varies from person to person, but what would you recommend? So I write one main goal and then I go, what do I need to do to make this happen? Mm. Mm. And then I write down the things and they become, I guess, micro goals. They're like the little actionable steps that need to get done in order to do that one big thing. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like going back to the one lead domino, going back to the Pareto principles, like what, like if we're trying to focus on 10 different things, like I said, um, that's not going to get us where we want to go as fast as possible. It's not going to penetrate the resistance, the BS, the, you know, the momentum that has kept us where we are spinning our wheels or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, and so we like really got to put all of our intention of focus, conscious effort in a certain direction. Yeah, agreed. And being really disciplined with only doing like so for example with what I find with people is they go yes this is my lead domino I'm going to create this program and then a week later they'll be like oh but what about this one and this mm. one and I'm like no just the one thing because <laughs> yes. the mind will want to become distracted because it's a, just a way of sabotaging so being disciplined and just sticky do that one thing in excellence when it is done then you can go into whatever else it is. Then you can build out the rest of your customer journey and your business structure because you'll have 100K in the bank. You won't be stressed about money. The ego will be nullified in a sense because you've got given it evidence that it's safe for you to step outside of your comfort zone. You will be moving in different circles because you've shifted from lack to abundance mm. and then the reality starts to change. So just that one one thing, that one lead domino, please. <laughs> You're kind of passionate about this, Kate. Yeah, really passionate. So passionate. Only because I know, like, I was. You're super. You you you're embodying it. You're like, hey, I did this, you know. And especially like the the 10x stuff, like to see your your company grow. I think it was like 800 percent in one year. That is like super confirmation of when I just freaking focus, life transforms. Totally, absolutely. Like, and Pareto's law is the the key to this, right? Like, starting your day with the the 20% of the things that create 80% of your revenue, no revenue, no business, doesn't matter how great you've mapped out your 10-week program. If you don't have clients, you don't have a business. So being able to actually see this and to start to action it is like paramount. Yeah, this is, this is gold. I love it, Kate. <laughs> super, super powerful. So I want to circle back around to uh, retreats and these like yeah. destination experiences. From what you've learned, from, from what you put on, what have you found really makes a successful container for a retreat? Yeah, it definitely is screening, firstly, making sure mm. people that you invite into your space are qualified to be there. Mm. Not qualified as in like qualifications like degrees. I just mean ready to be there. Yeah. Like, and making sure they're of the right mental set. You know, for us, we have contraindications with psychedelics, so we have to be really careful that nobody has any sort of illnesses or yep. whether it be physical or mental or emotional. So make sure the people in your container are the right energetic, like, match to be there. That That's huge. Like, that would be nearly 50% of it, to be honest. Yeah. Then after that, making sure that you have space for people to be seen and heard to not 
get deviated into story. So you want to have some sort of system set up. So we have what we call office hours. So every second day, there's a two-hour period where I will sit in my office, which is just my room, and people can come in for five minutes and they can just get recalibrated. Because when you have a big group of people, like 20 people coming through and you've got like a system and an order of like things that you've got to stick to schedule, it's very difficult to get everybody's individual needs met. However, having their individual needs met is a very important way to build community and team. And without actually having one-on-one time, it's very difficult to do that. So making sure you have something set in your retreat, if they're group retreats, where you get one-on-one time with people just to recalibrate them. Yes, super wow. important. I'm curious if there's um, like more than one teacher or host, like me and my girlfriend, we're doing this Bali uh, retreat. Would you recommend that we both have like, hey, Chris is going to do office hours, come see Chris for five minutes. That would probably be best, right? We can we can yes. both have our own office hours. That Agreed. way if someone you know resonates with one of us, trusts us more, whatever, um, then they're able to feel safe in that space. Yes. Yeah, definitely a great idea. Like we, when we do Shishen, which is um, – the Buddhist, like the Zen retreats, there's different monks that will have different office hour times. And so you just kind of go to the monk that you feel most resonant with, or in my case, the one that scares me the most. <laughs> I always go to that one. <laughs> like yeah, like um, super important. And then the, the next thing is allow time and space for people to integrate. So don't mm-hmm. just don't feel this need that you have to just like pack the schedule full of everything. Like we have periods of silent reflection. Because silent reflection is not something that people get in their normal life. No phones, no talking, no eye contact, no distractions, no even reading. Just be with yourself. Allow periods of time where people can just be with themselves because that's what we don't get out here. So in those integration periods, you'd recommend like don't even talk to each other. Some 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 of these spaces, like how can you just be with what just happened, what you just experienced, the lesson, the excursion, the whatever, and just be with yourself for let's say thirty minutes, sixty minutes, something like that. Yes, absolutely. And you'll be surprised how many people find that more difficult than the ceremonies at my retreats. Yep, they do the one. One of the deciding factors people don't want to come is because wow. of the silent contemplation. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. powerful. This is this is great, Kate. I love it. Um, I want to talk about the eight hundred percent of that yeah. of, of increase. That's that's massive. I think people dream of those kinds of things uh, in their business and in their life. Uh, tactically, what would you say really worked for you to be able to create that kind of growth? Yeah. So firstly, I I didn't realize what I did until I'd done it. I just want to like pre preface it with that. I actually didn't even realize I'd made that until one of my staff said to me, hey, have you actually seen what you've done over the last 12 months? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and then I looked and was like, oh, boy. Um, so definitely what worked for me is intimacy. Mm. Intimacy over funnels. Because when I started, I started with zero revenue. Mm-hmm. And I had a pretty decent network of people, but there was a book called A Thousand True Fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, that I believe that if I had a thousand true fans, I had a thousand true people that wanted help, and I built intimate connections with them mm-hmm. through bringing them into, say, Facebook groups and then building the relations in and outside of that by providing massive amounts of value yeah. and, and service, then I would win and I did. So intimate connections for me is the foundation for what I've done. So and it's not scalable, but I read some something the other day, Scott Oldford said, do the unscalable so you can scale. And for me, that's what it was. That it's cool, huh? Do the unscalable so you can scale. So for me, you know, I would run Facebook challenges. Mm. It'll be five days of ancient awakening or something like that. And so then people in that challenge, every single person, even if there was 200 people, would get a free 15-minute phone call with me and I'd connect with them and then I'd follow up with them. And then, of course, I would invite them to come to my retreats, but my intention was always what can I give first? How can I be of service first? How can I see this person and then offer them a solution? If they were a match, I would never offer a solution to someone that wasn't a match because that was out of integrity for me. That's essentially, I rinsed and repeated that for 12 months. That was all I did. I I worked every day for 12 months. (laughs) So you mentioned um, one thing that's helped you is when you got stressed out, you wrote your goal, right? And what was top priority for you. What were you focusing on in those 12 months 
so that you wouldn't be like focused on the money, right? Because like obviously the conversation of I want to make a million dollars or you know whatever it is, like that wasn't going. Was that going through your head or was something else going through your head? No, it wasn't going through my head at all. It was I just wanted my retreats filled. Just wanted them filled. Mm. That was mm. it. I just wanted every retreat to be maxed out. Mm. That was it. That was my intention. And from there, other programs birthed as well. But they were just a byproduct of the fact that I was burrito luring, wow. filling those retreats. So there will always be byproducts, but you've got to make sure you focus on that number one domino. And even now, like someone asked me a question at the mastermind, they said, you know, do you get excited when you sell big packages? Like as in high ticket items, because some of my memberships are high ticket. I said, no, I don't. That's really interesting. I don't. But I do get excited when I can give Grant Cardone $100,000 to be my coach Damn. or pay Gary V 25K to go and spend the weekend with him. That excites me. That's when I have a celebration and I realize how far I've come, but not when I'm receiving money for stuff. It's a very interesting dynamic. It's, it's what sure. the money gives you access to. It's the experiences. like. That's yeah. I think a lot of people focus on you know to create a six figure business, seven figure business. They're focusing on the money, right? But what what is really important to us? It's probably serving people. It's probably like really making a difference, adding value, having genuine connections, and you know being able to access things, people, experiences that we never could before. Provide for our family, you know, do different stuff like that. Uh, I think that that's like really the important thing. If we yeah. put our put our energy and our you know quantum visualize visualize of who we're becoming and what we're experiencing into that direction and I think that that will like pull us a lot faster oh totally because it's the why like the, the money is a re- like just a thing but it's what we get like it's the the thing outside of that mm. Mm. you know it, it's so cool it's but Tony Robbins speaks about it doesn't he like it's not the money you want it's the freedom you know you want that freedom I remember doing those I don't know if you did them you remember the little audio tapes that you could get off the infomercials back in the day Unleash uh, the giant within and all those things. I, I, don't, I wasn't into personal development back then. Yeah. <laughs> and you're also probably younger than me, but I used to do like the audio cassettes. They were so cool. You'd like put them in and you'd like jot down all your notes from Tony. Yes. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kate, this has been such a freaking blast. I want to drive yeah. it home with final takeaways for our audience. What do you want them to, to do? How they can awaken themselves? Uh, let's just drive it home. This is great. Yes, yeah. Please, 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 anyone listening know that you are limitless. I am complete living embodiment of that. If you look at my life, I'm the embodiment that anything's possible. If I can do it, you can do it. You just have to find a way. Start with accessing flow states. Start with finding a way that resonates with you. Figure out what your number one thing is and then figure out the 20% of the actions that will work create the 80% of the results for that one thing and then surround yourself with people who lift you up and motivate you and pull you forward and hold you in a standard of excellence and then that's your recipe that's it right there that's all you need to do that's the juice that's the juice right there (laughs) Kate how do people take the next steps with you what do they do next yes well because I love intimacy message me on Facebook I'd love to actually just chat to you And then if I have something that I feel like is suitable, whether it's we've got a retreat in Mexico or whether it's doing my proximity program, then we can chat about that. But it would be just nice just to connect, like just message me. I just want to talk to people. I love it. I love it. I just tagged you in Facebook on the live stream. And for those who are listening to the podcast, uh, YouTube, watching the replay, whatever it might be, freaking messages, powerhouse, this superwoman. You are awakening people in such a great way, Kate. Thank you thank for you. reminding us that we're limitless and being here to to activate so many souls. And this is just the freaking beginning for you. I'm so, so stoked to see the next, you know, three years, five years, 10 years and what you, you create. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you do. Like you are a powerhouse. Like you just, I'm vibing all day now because of your energy. So thank you, brother. <laughs> yes, I love it. Awesome, Kate. We'll see you soon, okay? <laughs> Bye. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas 
wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality and make every day your best day ever.